Before we begin, please refer to the disclaimer and link in the podcast notes, and note that all opinions expressed in this podcast are intended for informational purposes only and should not be treated as investment or financial advice. Hello everyone, and welcome to your on-chain update for the 29th of December. So what we're going to do today is a very, very quick snapshot looking at supply dynamics. We're going to look at uh, coin age, how they're maturing, and really kind of what does it look like now that the dust has well and truly settled, um, and we're looking at the carnage that's uh, that's left after the whole FTX debacle, right? We're now a couple of months beyond that, um, trying to just look and see where what's the overall sentiment? How has behavior shifted and changed? Um, have we seen any dramatic shifts uh, in one way or the other? So this is really going to be a focus on coin supply and maturity. We're looking at this through the lens of the long and the short-term holder perspective. Um, these are the, really the tools that I like to use, or at least a subset of them, to try and track what's going on with the HODLer cohort. Um, and what we are going to look at, actually, is a couple of tricks, let's say, um, that we can use in Glassnode T2 to try and give that little bit more edge. Uh, obviously, the, the long-term and the short-term holder supply do sit behind the professional plan, but that doesn't mean we can't craft just a little bit of magic um, just to see what we can, uh, you know, what can we do with T2, which is actually remarkably powerful if you stick around and know how to use it. Anyway, let's jump into it and we'll have a quick fly through the uh, supply dynamics. Okay, so we are starting in this dashboard. Now, this is something that uh, that uh, me and the guys at Glass have been trying to work through and, you know, see what we can deliver when it comes to uh, T2 edge um, that may, you know, come to resemble the uh, the T3 long and short-term holder supply. Um, there's a couple of dashboards that I normally refer to here, which you'll find uh, under our Bitcoin suite. Um, you'll find this as uh, HODL supply and uh, spending dynamics or HODL wave dynamics, if this thing would load, which it's not. Um, anyway, you, these ones here, HODL wave dynamics and spending dynamics is kind of what we've tried to provide um, some of that T2 edge. This one here is where I kind of bring it a little bit closer so you can actually see just how close these things really are and really that they kind of serve the purpose that most people are looking for. So... First thing we're looking at is long-term holder supply. Now, this is obviously a, a very popular metric. What we're looking at here is the supply that's statistically the least likely to be spent. It kind of gives us a gauge on the hodlers. Now, let's just look at this initially, and then we'll jump across to a combination chart looking at old supply, which is just all the coins older than six months, versus long-term holders, which is 155 days or five months. So they're not perfect, but they're not too far off either. So here's FTX. We've seen that uh, obviously enormous sell-off. Here is the initial shock wave. Some of this is going to be selling. Some of it's going to be re-collateralization. Some of it's going to be people saying, get me out of this thing. I hate Bitcoin. I'm done. This is not that, right? We are clearly seeing a reversion back towards the upside. This is now a very, very distinct all-time high. Um, if we look at it over a uh, multi-year time frame, and this thing just continues to push higher. So we are at a just over 14 million coins have not moved in uh, in, in uh, five months. And in terms of more than six months, we're talking about almost 15, 14.95 million coins. Now, to give you a bit of a scale on how these things look, you can see that now, obviously, the blue curve here is our old supply. Orange is our long-term holder supply. For those who are really looking for the pattern, you can see that we're not too far off. Now, where you can see we diverge a little bit is during this current market cycle, right? Well, really, since 2018 onwards, you can see there's this very, very large step down, this very large step up. These coins there are more or less exchanges. We're seeing a large volumes of coins. So what long-term and short-term does a really good job at is removing exchange coins because it's entity adjusted. The um, coins with a certain age, that is not factored in. So unfortunately, this will include um, exchanges, which is why you get some of these deviations. 
But for the most part, you can see that the general trend and shape over some kind of macro horizon is much the same. And if we actually zoom in on recent history, you can see that we more or less have a very, very similar profile, albeit a much, much smoother and cleaner uh, metric in the long-term supply, which is a little bit more erratic and jumpy when it comes to the uh, the old supply. But, you know, um, again, working within the tools of what we have um, to try and give as much edge as possible. Now, similar vein, we're looking at old supply net position change. So that same concept, this is probably where we get a little bit more clarity. Um, what we're looking at here is that same model. We're looking at the old supply here, coins older than six months. Um, you can see that we are in that um, you know modest uptrend. And then you can see overlaid on that is the purple. This is the actual long-term holder net position change. And as you can see, very much in a similar vein. The nice thing about looking at it on a net position change basis um, is that you will be able, you basically were looking at over a 30-day period. So some of those jumps and bumps and momentum and all that kind of stuff, it smooths a lot of that stuff out. Now, naturally, you get some slightly larger spikes and things like that when you're looking at it from the old supply lens, but more or less in terms of the overall expenditure versus accumulation, or accumulation is the wrong term because it's actually buying that happened five or six months ago in this case, but in terms of the overall trend and behavior, it's all fairly consistent. And as you can see, if we look at our current market cycle, um, we are in a period of time where essentially the spending has slowed down because remember these metrics can be offset. If you have spending, it's instantaneous. Maturation takes time. So what we're looking at here is that we actually have a maturation process, which is actually a decline in spending. And we'll see this at the end, at the very end of this section, we'll look at some charts on the spending behavior. Um, and you can see that it's just, it's gone to zero. There's, there's basically no one transacting on chain. It is a very, very quiet place out there, um, which is not a great sign. Um, but it also means that people aren't bailing out, right? We, we, we're kind of at an equilibrium point. Um, it, to me, I, I just have not seen, we talked about the event versus the loss of conviction. I've not seen the loss of conviction. Um, sure, the market's going to be chaos and, you know, we trade lower and all that kind of thing, but it, I'm just not seeing the hodlers throwing in the towel. They're, they're a resilient bunch. They're mad. They're crazy. They're insane. Um, and uh, I'm quite happy to call myself one of them. Um, so moving back onto this guy here, um, now, this is where it gets really interesting, and uh, this, this is a bit of a treat. I, so whilst those ones above that we were looking at, um, you know, there, there's some hiccups here and there. The ability to replicate the long-term holder and short-term holder MVRV and thus cost basis, um, this is something that uh, I've got to give credit to my colleagues, Luke and Z for, because I think they were the ones who worked on this. Um, this is some really, really cool stuff. I think you're going to like this. So what we've got here is the old supply, realized price, and MVRV. Now, for those of you who are going to get in amongst and actually play around with Workbench and try and work out, I think that I worked out how you did this. What I've basically done is offset because we talked about coins take time to mature. So for our old supply, we know that coins that are moving into six months old supply now are going to be at least six months old, which means they were acquired six months ago at a price six months ago. So whenever the old supply metric goes up, which is maturation, what I'm doing is essentially shifting it back, multiplying the amount that it went up in terms of BTC times price and doing a cumulative sum. So what you basically end up with is a net sum of all the coins that are moving in and out of six month supply. Because remember, six month supply is like a top surface, right? Coins migrate into it only or they get spent out. So it's it, uh, using this mechanism actually works. And you can see here, let's just look at the MVRV traces, right? So the orange one is old supply MVRV. So the, the estimated or the approximated version, the blue one is long-term holder MVRV. 
not half bad, right? So we're actually getting very, very similar numbers. Let's actually zoom into our current market cycle. Um, and I mean, these things, these realized prices are on top of each other. Fantastic stuff. So old supply MVRV, uh, sorry, old supply realized price 23,000 uh, 23, and the uh, 22,600. So they're, they're plus or minus about 500 bucks between the two of them. Um, but essentially what we're seeing is that the uh, the long-term holder cost base is up here about 22,000, 23,000. So, um, you know, again, we've talked about this before, that the short-term holder realized price and the standard realized price are below these levels. You don't see it very often, typically around capitulation levels because you've got this homogenization. All the cost bases come back together. And that's a result of all the coins getting spent from the top. The top buyers capitulate, get me out of this damn thing. Bunch of guys come in and buy it and you end up with a re- kind of homogenization of the cost bases. Everybody's in the same place, um, uh, although long-term holders have actually had a worse day than uh, pretty much everyone else in the space. But anyway, um, hopefully you can see this thing's actually doing a, a pretty damn good job of, uh, of picking up long-term holder behavior overall. Um, and again, this one here is just plotting out where we're below long-term holder. On a long-term view, this is the actual long-term holder cost basis. Um, and as you can see, it's very, very rare for the market to be below the people who've been around for more than five months. Generally speaking, you're now talking about a HODLer cohort, and we just don't spend, like, there's not that many periods in time. And when it has been that case, it, it's typically a bottom, right? Now, again, during those bottoms, remember this thing here tagged halfway through this sell-off, right? So you still had several months below here. Back in 2015, this thing took an entire year to work itself out. So we're under no illusion to this point in time. We've essentially been under here since July or thereabouts, um, June, July. So that means we've been under for about six months. That means it's possible we could have another six to eight months down here at these low levels, right? So just, just come in here, eyes wide open, but also also appreciating that this kind of stuff is statistically out of bounds. It doesn't happen very often, and it is fundamentally based. We do have a HODLer cohort that's stressed, and when you have a HODLer cohort that's stressed, the more probable scenarios are going to be bailing the hell out. Get me out of this thing. I've had enough. Uh, Short-term supply is basically the inverse of long-term. So here we have the short-term holder cost basis, estimation, and MVRV. Now, this one is actually a little bit harder to calculate because every time a coin is, when you're looking at the long-term holder or the old supply, let's say it, that's a top surface, meaning that coins have to get to six months before they become old. Now, with short-term, that cost basis is being most of it is being calculated by coins that were already short-term churning inside short-term. So it's not an easy thing to calculate in Workbench. However, um, again, my colleagues have done some terrific work, which I've, uh, I've recently kind of formalized into this chart here. Now, you don't have to worry about the finer details of this. What we're looking at here in the purple, I've literally just tried different moving averages, right, of price, just, just moving averages. And the logic here is that if we're talking about coins that move within the last five months, they've probably transacted somewhere around our most recent price. And if I actually just jump across to the short-term holder cost basis, uh, which is this one here, the purple curve. Sorry, let me get rid of this one here. Um, you can see, so that purple curve that you can see there is the short-term holder cost basis. Um, now, as you can see, it generally is like a smooth curve following the market. It tends to zoom up during high price increases because lots of coins are churning. So it makes sense that it's almost like a, well, it is actually not almost, it is a volume weighted 
cost basis. And it's talking about only coins that have moved recently. So thus, can we approximate this thing with just a simple moving average? And just to kind of spoil all the fun, the answer is yes, we can. Um, that brown curve you can see there, which basically resembles the purple one, is essentially that very same 135-day moving average. Now, the reason why I've chosen that We've essentially looked at all these different correlations. What I'm doing is I'm correlating the MVRV that we would calculate using a moving average as our cost basis and the actual short-term holder MVRV, right? So I've tried all these different periods from 80 to 100 to 110 to 120 and just stepped through. Now, the purple one here is designed to be not very good. That's looking at an 80 period, right? Now, because short-term hold is 155 days, 80 is going to be on a lower end. It's going to be probably going to be a little bit too quick. Now, the purple is showing the correlation breakdown. So you can see where it's negative. This is only 8%, by the way. So if it's zero, that means that the correlation is perfect, one-to-one, -one, right? Perfect correlation. This one here is saying that it's about 8% off. This one here is saying it's about 16% off, 24% off. So you can see that during certain periods of times at bottoms and highly volatile periods, the 80 period, it's you know 30 to 40% off. Or maybe not 40, but 30, 25 to 30% off. During most of the market, we're at least 8 to 10% off at least. So yeah, okay, it's, it's okay, but it's not perfect. These other curves that you can see here, however, you can see are all pretty much for their whole history, short of maybe back here in 2014, there's a bit of a blip, uh, maybe back here at the bottom. So again, these things aren't perfect, but we're talking about 8%. The correlation is only 8 and that in terms of correlation terms, this is insignificant. All of these are actually remarkably good in, in terms of actual um, uh, correlation sense, but we were looking for the best one. And the best one, in my view, the one that essentially has the highest value across this correlation chart is the 135-day. So the 135-day, in my view, is going to give us, you can see it's this light blue curve, right, which is pretty much at the top bound um, for pretty much the entirety of history. So it was just kind of one that I settled on that I think kind of captures the story. And once you actually plot this thing out, I mean, let's just look at the short-term holder cost bases and uh, MVRV down the bottom here. I mean, I'm not mad in any way, shape, or form. Right. For those of you who are just looking to really track what the long term and the short term holders are doing, um, this is this is given as pretty much exactly what we're looking for. So, uh, you know, I, I think this is a, not not a bad little result. So, what are the short term holders doing? Let's zoom in on a five year time horizon. Uh, I might actually just turn off. Um, in fact, I'm going to turn off the actual short term holder one and just roll with the um, the. Uh, approximation one that we've got going on here. So what do we see back here in 2018? Well, this moving average, and let's just for argument's sake, the short-term holder cost basis dives quite significantly. So you can see here, this, this is where you get the edge with the short-term holder. You can see the gradient change. It gets much, much steeper through the bottom. That is capitulation. That is the flush out. That are coin, they are coins being revalued from 20K, 16K, 10K to three to four, just people puking out all their coins, obviously pushes price down, but someone also steps in to buy those. So this is normally a very good sign. And a break back above that level has historically been a good sign because now suddenly all these guys are back in profit. You've seen a reset of the cost basis. There's a bunch of people with coins at cheaper prices. They're kind of happy to hold if you give them any kind of green days. Um, now, naturally, it then follows price all the way up through the bull. And here we are. As we trade back down, we had our initial sell-off when three arrows blew up. We had a massive redistribution. 
but it kept going. These coins continued to get revalued lower and lower. FDX happened, we had another wave. And by the way, this second wave that's come down here is our blip from our long-term holders. These are guys capitulating and saying, I'm done, I've had it with this thing, I'm out. Uh, and the net result is that we have a diving down of the short-term holder cost basis. Let's zoom in on a two-year frame. Um, you can see here, here is that dive down. So again, we have lots and lots of behavior patterns that look quite similar to what we've seen in previous, previous cycles. So in terms of the actual price level, because remember a break above these levels is historically a good sign. That's starting to get a bit of momentum to the back to the upside. These are currently hovering around eight, between 18,000, 18,800. So in terms of some levels to pay attention to, a convincing break back above 18,000, I would actually say probably 19, just give it that top end and holding that would be a fantastic sign. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen, but if we do get that, I think that's good. And the reason being, technical from a technical standpoint, we've essentially recovered from the FTX sell-off, right? So that's a thumbs up. It also means that we've had a green candle for the first time in a long time. That's a thumbs up. And it's going to mean that a bunch of short-term holders move back into profit. A whole bunch of people who just stepped in and started buying are going to actually say, well, hang on, now my cost base is actually pretty good. Some of them will start taking profits, no question, right? We're not going to all-time high anytime soon. This thing's going to take a long time to work itself out. But it does put people, I mean, you've probably experienced this. It's easy to hold your coins in the green. It just is, right? So the more people are back in the green, the more likely we're going to get a bit more green. It's kind of the concept behind a trend change, um, and it is what we're looking for. Anyway, hopefully that was a useful little little session. Um, I know it's probably a bit bit detailed. This is more for probably the, uh, the on-chain nerds who are really in there kind of playing around with this stuff. But, um, you know... One of the things I certainly like to do with these sessions is make sure that uh, everyone who's watching them gets as much edge as they possibly can. Um, this will be rolled out in some format in the new year, um, formally at Glassnode, still working out how we do that. But um, in the meantime, um, you'll find this dashboard, um, or at least the one we were looking at before, um, you'll find this dashboard uh, in the in the description for this thing. Um, do let me know if you've got any questions. Um, if any of you are kind of poking around, actually playing with the, the data itself, um, on your T2. Um, have a look at the formulas. Let me know if you've got any questions, but uh, hopefully it kind of you know, gives you that little bit of edge. Uh, I did mention at the start, we we're talking about spending behavior. Here's the short-term or young coin spending behavior. It's just fallen off a cliff. I mean, it looks very, very similar. In fact, it looks way worse than we're back here in um, uh, August, 2021. Um, but this is just an enormous drop-off, right? We're seeing a huge amount of coin volume uh, slowing down. Um, so there's just there's just not that much coin volume on the on the move. So it's a it's a very interesting dynamic. You can also see that long term or old supply has really calmed down quite significantly. Let's look at this on a little bit smaller time frame, maybe a year to date. Um, you can see here's that initial spend that caused long term holder supply to decline. Here it's really coming off. So to me, it looks like an event. It looks like it's probably past. Um, it appears to me that we still have the same kind of you know, market structure that quite frankly, we've had for the last six months, right? The second half of this year has kind of all been the same. It's been capitulation after capitulation. And uh, it, there's, there's buyers out there. There's no question, but I'll tell you what, there's just not a lot of speculation going on. Um, apathy is generally how bear markets end and bull markets begin. This feels a lot like apathy, but apathy can go for some time. It's a game of patience and, uh, you know, we'll get to the end of this thing. 
But uh, it's it really is starting to look like a complete washout. And it'll be interesting to see once the Christmas lull um, and things start to fire up next year. But uh, we'll see how that plays out. Macro will have something to do with it as well. Anyway, hopefully that's useful. I think this will be the last video before the new year. So uh, hopefully you all have a fantastic new year and I will see you in 2023. All the best. Cheers.